The bids are in. The gavel has dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. That's right. This is WineBid's podcast dedicated to all things wine value, wine auctions, wine retail, and just wine. I am, of course, Jeff McGurn. I work here on WineBid's marketing team. With me, as always, is Paul Walker, our resident wine and wine auction expert. Welcome to the podcast again, Paul. Maybe I shouldn't say welcome because you are basically a staple on the podcast, but I'm trying to be polite here, unlike you. Let's... <laughs> Let's delve right in. This is our wine. Welcome, Jeff. Yeah. Stop talking. What? No, go ahead. (laughs) Well, if I didn't talk, this podcast probably wouldn't be as interesting. True. That's true. The way uh, you mangle every pronunciation is, you know, what everyone looks forward to. All the five robots that listen to this podcast look forward to. Well, somebody has to pick up your slack. So, and robots love listening to me. We're going to get into this wine auction recap because a lot of interesting things happened this last week. I want to start off with stuff that just had a lot of action on it. We saw 93 Uber, Ligné, Moray Saint Denis. This one, nine, 34 trackers, nine bids, took it from 55 bucks to 140. I mean, 55 yeah. did seem really low. <laughs> Really? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, he's a great vintage, great producer, but not necessarily something that I would have expected actually to go that high. The film level looked good for a 93. Yeah, no, I mean, it's in great shape. You're looking at something that's got 30 years of age on it. So, I mean... So, like, if you were shopping for my birthday, this would be perfect because this is my... No, you wouldn't appreciate this um, wine, and I wouldn't appreciate <laughs> it out that high. So, no, bad choice. <laughs> you know, there's there's other choices we can bring up in the current auction I'll, I'll you know, I'll mention, but... You'll, you'll mention... No, I mean, you're, you're right. It, it is not surprising that this happened because we talk about this all the time. I, and I actually looked at our picks from last week to see if this was mentioned because I'm almost positive I would have mentioned it because it kind of seemed like it flew under the radar, but it might have been added later. And I don't think we did mention it, but it is cool. It's great that it that got bit up that much. And, you know, it's it's still, to me, that's still affordable when you consider other, you know, comparable Burgundian producers with Morissandini or even other villages nearby going for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I think qualitatively, I, I mean, I don't know this wine. I don't think I've ever had it, so... I can't say, but I'll bet it's still a relative. It still seems like a relative deal to me. Yeah. What about the 77 Cuvesson? Yeah, that's that, that's interesting, right? That's like a sort of historical interest. Cuvesson, I think, was a bigger deal years and years ago than it is today. Or at least, you know, it was kind of, I would say, almost had like a bit of a cult following back in the 70s and 80s because it's it's always been a small producer but now i think they have property in carneros and elsewhere but back then yeah this is this was a steal where did it start it started at 100 100. yeah started we had three mags starting at 100 they each hammered just around one 240 which you know like you said i mean this is part of napa history in in a lot of ways right small Mm -hmm. producer with that much age on it sure 240 for a minute it's not crazy not, no and it, it looks great like it's in great condition and labels like perfect condition and fills way up into the neck and yeah it looks it looks awesome looks really solid we had some action 05 kistler chardonnay seven bids took two of those bottles from 75 bucks to 95 we had a little bit of action on 08 bertrand Dels pierre 
Brute Premier Crew. This one, six bids, took three of them from 40 to 67. Yeah, it's um, another small production champagne producer I've never heard of. Obviously, there are probably many, but still something like this from a great vintage. And I think it said it was disgorged in 17. So relatively recent release. That should be excellent. And still, I think it's that's a fair price to what was what hammered 60, 65, I think. Yeah. yeah, I know if it's not like, you know, Vuv or Moe, it's not really on your radar, which is fine. <laughs> we all have our, our taste. I prefer grower champagnes myself, but you should try them sometime. So 1992, Jean-Louis Chave, Hermitage. This one started to 56 bids, took it to $360. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 92 is strikes me as being not a vintage that you could find readily anywhere because it doesn't stick out as a great. I mean, it wasn't a great Rhone vintage, I think, overall. Not that scores mean anything, especially for a wine like this. Nobody cares, but they weren't stellar scores. They were like sort of mid to high 80s. And also, that was probably a long time ago. In the mid, you know, in the mid '90s when they were rated, so this one would be very tricky to find. You know, regardless if you if you had the funds or not, you, I bet it would be very difficult to find another one of these anytime soon. Oh, we love to say that, and like six of them pop up, you know, the next week. But the last time it sold was in 2020. Then prior was 2018. Then prior was 2014. So you know, as years go by, it's just going to get more and more rare. What's interesting to me is last week we brought up the 2000 mag of Jean-Louis Schaub, which did not sell at oh, really? 60. The, yeah, that is still an auction. But oh, okay. I feel like what's really interesting to me is, you know, we saw a lot of action on this one, albeit, you know, the price was low for this producer and this bottle, regardless of the ratings. But the 2000 had you know, was a much better bottle in a much better year. And it's, it was a Magnum format, which I thought was really interesting to see this one sell and that one, you know, not sell and and, and sort of roll over. True, but true. It's just a matter of time, right? Exactly. We had, you know, some uh, 2015 Schloss Lisa Niederberg Heldin Riesling Spätlese Nummer 9. This stuff started at 20, hammered at 31. So just a Six bids took that up quite a bit. And then a 84 Solari Estate Larkmead Vineyard Cabernet Sauvignon. I did mention this wine because I talked about how it was sourced from Larkmead Vineyards. And I don't think I'd ever seen this label before. So that's not too surprising, although it's still not terribly expensive. And that's, yeah, that's a rarity right there for sure. 46. 46 bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's still a great deal. And it looks that bottle looks in fantastic shape too. It's it's uh, the label's like almost perfect. It's really 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 amazing. So that you know, be really interesting to try that, especially for an with an older you know lineup of eighty four cabs or something. Nobody would ever <laughs> would ever guess this wine. I would imagine unless they had you know serious knowledge of of these vineyards or if they were a Larkmead expert or something. I would expect you to guess it in a blind taste test. Well, you're. You know, you call me an expert, you're always wrong. So um, <laughs> I, would, I would never, I'd probably think it was like Portuguese, you know, dry white wine or something. <laughs>
Oh, Brickhouse Pinot Noir, five bits, six hundred thirty. Yeah, you know Why? this is not too surprising. Brickhouse is kind of flown under the radar for Oregon Pinot Noir because it's one of those producers I don't like to talk about too much because it's, it's been reasonable for so long, and now secrets out. I don't think it's going the way of some other, you know, other neighbors in that part of the world, but it's still still reasonable. I don't, and I don't think. Yeah, I think what was it? 35 bucks is very cheap for that wine. So 51 is not bad, not bad at all. And it's you know, it's it's got what 21 years on it now and should be drinking great. It's a it's a Brickhouse makes great stuff. It's really really good. Can we talk for a second about again, I think this is the finally hammered effect. Right, <laughs> it was. A oh boy, are you, talk, are you I, talk about the? Monster? I brought this bottle up. Right, so <laughs> if it be this bottle's hammer price, I take full credit for. I think all of <laughs> the interest in it was interest that I generated, and I don't think there's anything else that caused this. <laughs> 1989 Chateau Montrose, which I brought up five bids to go from 385 to hammering at 705. I mean, you know, you you weren't able to answer my question, which was, so I answered, this hammer answered my own question, because I said, why does the 90 consistently go for more than the 89, when they're both, you know, 100 point wines, as it were, and this one was at 385, I said, that doesn't make sense, sure enough. Hammers for over the reserve, actually $80 over the reserve of the 1990. <laughs> but, so, yeah, that's fantastic. That's definitely all you, Jeff. You got to take credit for It's that. all me, right? Like, I did that. And, but what's, <laughs> what's crazy, it was like a week before. We sold a bottle of 89 one week before that for 385 Yeah, that's very strange. Right? That's and, very strange. But even, even if you want to go like, where it was selling in January. I mean, it sold in January for 465, sold in December for 475, and then 455, and then 435. So I it's just like it's fascinating me <laughs> to see a, a brand new record in such a short. I mean, it wasn't like it gradually got up to seven hundred dollars, like it shot up in one week. Yeah, no, that's pretty amazing. You're right. And with this bottle, the other thing that would crack me up too is that no, okay, so it was the first time in auction. Because I was going to say, if it had rolled over and then got bit up, that would absolutely <laughs> not make sense. But the bottle nice. that was, yeah, the bottle that hammered in the. 326 auction had rolled over and was actually in since January. So it continues to not make sense. <laughs> I mean, I think the bottle that sold last week was in slightly better shape, but still the one that sold in in, in March 26th was in great shape too. I think the fill was not quite as good, but still otherwise it looked, I mean, cosmetically it looked pretty much the same. So that is fascinating. Here's the thing. If you had listened to me <laughs> and put your life savings. I should really start doing if that. You had listened, yeah, if you'd listened to me in March and put your I life savings. I don't think I will, but you know. Into really 89 Montrose, you would have doubled your <laughs> Double money. Double your money. You yeah. have doubled your money. Well, so if you buy it, <laughs> you think if you buy it at 7 to 5 next week, it's going to go over 1400 <laughs> 
That's not, this is not the episode for that, Paul. That's okay. a different episode. All, right. all I'm saying- I know, you know, we'd love to it. talk about wine investing. It's just such a, <laughs> such a non-controversial topic that nobody yeah, has right. any opinions on whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Just buy, buy whatever you want. It'll all appreciate. It's all such a safe investment. <laughs> so easy to make money investing in wine. Right. Especially if, you know, it's it's passively stored in someone's closet for <laughs> 20 years. No problem. Actually, well, yeah, then underneath the Montrose is the Dagonal. We talked about, yes. I think we talked about all the Dagonal that was in last week. and A ton of it. Yeah, and Montsdamne, I think, is, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say it strikes me as being one of the labels from Dagonal that was not as like not as readily available, I want to say. It's like you could find the Celex and the Pure Sang because retailers would get allocations of this. I used to work in a little boutique wine store and we always got allocations of Celex and Pure Sang. But the Montamne is a you know very sought after parcel in Sancerre and some some other producers make it. It's, it's fantastic. So I think there was a rarity going on here as well with uh with that particular bottle started at 125 and hammered at 165 and i i, I mean i still think that's sort of in the range whereas <laughs> montrose is just that went really really high so that was wild yes and here's kind of the other interesting thing so we had this mont damnay and we had four other bottles that went for 125 each oh interesting and the same this one just was the odd bottle that got maybe people got into a bidding war or something. <laughs> I think that's exact. That's exactly what it was. That's this funny. was the odd bottle that invoked like a, a bidding war. <laughs> that's great. Go figure. And then we had uh, going down a little bit. Ninety six. Gislaine Bartolin. It's Gilen. What? Gilen. Are you sure? Yes, I'm okay. very sure. Well, we're gonna. Well, we'll the judges on that one. Guilain Don't pronounce the D. Bartho. You know, there's no D on the end of that. Free country, sir. I'll pronounce whatever letters I want. <laughs> okay. Not when you're speaking French or mangling French, I should say. <laughs> no, you respect the French you, said speaking, you called what I did speaking French. You heard it here, folks. Paul Walker said, I speak French. So no, 235. You, you destroy it. Respect yeah, the French it, wines. It started at 235. Hammered at three. Yeah, that's a that's rare, rare stuff. It's not easily found. I don't care what you say. We'll probably won't see most more of it again. In fact, uh, we have no, we have three cases in auction this week. <laughs> <laughs> they no. just showed up in auction. Right Actually, now. no. Did you notice this is the only bottle of this we've ever sold? We've never sold the 96 before, not uh, once. Uh, we sold other vintages. We actually just sold the 15. Not I'm, I'm telling you, we you, see Gilan. No, no, we see Gilan. It's gonna come into. It's gonna come into auction. It's not. Today. It's not. Good luck. Good luck replacing that. That's a super rare one. It's kind of like the '92 Shav. It's like no, you're not gonna be able to replace '96 Gilan Barto Chambofuey. That's just not gonna happen. If you are listening to this podcast, if you're one of the like five robots people. Yeah, if you're one of the non-robots and one of the four non-robots that listens to this podcast and you have a collection of this, I'm going to need you to consign it with us just to prove Paul wrong. <laughs> we had a 90... Um, I will, hey, if one comes up in the next six months, I will buy it for you, Jeff. That's how confident I am. 
You will buy it for me. If one <laughs> comes up in the next six months, 96, Guillain Bartod Fue, I will buy it for you. I will even share it with you over you can have a meal while you eat it. You're going to eat your hat. Well, I eat this it. This wine will be the wine. wine. You and I will split this wine while you eat your hat. <laughs> Not going to happen. Unless, you know, the person who bought it now goes around and flips it. <laughs> ah, yes. There you go. 1990. My, and actually, whoever bought that wine, I think you could make more. You just need to put it up for auction right away. Here, listen to Jeff's sales pitch come in right there. That's, because, that's no, because, really sneaky. No, it's not even a sales pitch. I thought pitch. you were in marketing. I didn't think you no, were No, no, no. This is not even a sales pitch. Because here's the deal. Whoever bought that wine, you have a guaranteed buyer. Because Paul Walker has just said, if this wine comes up for auction again, he will purchase it for me. And he did not caveat that with any pricing. So you wrote that for $500. This man right here sitting next to me in this podcast is obligated to purchase it from you regardless of the price. Hey, well, if it goes easy money, way, if it goes the way of the mantras, I'll probably get outbid. <laughs> for sure. A week, a week later, right? A week for later, sure. All it takes. It's all it takes. That's wine investment right there. Absolutely. All it takes is a week. Let's talk about 1990, my commas. Yeah. Uh, 375. Rare. Yeah. Right. Rare format. You know, my comments is still super hot. Everyone wants it. And it ages, I mean, it ages forever. So I'm sure the half bottles are probably tasting great for the 90 right now. Was there just, yeah, there was just one. Just the one. Sulfur went from 85 to, to 130. Just kind of interesting to see that much action on small formats. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, of, That's of, super collectible too. We got all these one-offs happening here, so. And then the only other thing that I'll bring up in terms of bids, and then we can look at some of the, the heavy hitters that went, sure. was 88 Monim Hex Tokai. Oh, the Monim Hex. Yeah. Yeah. $40 hammered at 70 Still, And I think that's still fair. That's a gorgeous bottle too. I was just looking at the picture and it's, it's in fantastic shape. The color looks great. Doesn't even look, you know, super mature. It looks fantastic. So no, that's like, a rare one. This one would be great for somebody who, like me, is turning 35 this year. <laughs> so, um, I don't know why you're laughing. Let's get into the heavy hitters. Well, yeah, actually, again, and I, I want to say this is another, I mean, we could call it the finally hammered effect. I think it might be the Jeff effect. There's another case which had nothing going for it other than the fact that I mentioned it on this podcast. I think oh, really? it was under the radar, a case of 01 Domain Romani Conti Latash. The only reason that should, sold, should, I think, it was clarify. It's a six pack. It's like a, a six, pack. six pack case. Six pack OWC. I think that sold purely because of me. <laughs> purely because I mentioned it. I'm sure. The I'm sure reason. all those fans of DRC out there are like, does Jeff? Is Jeff going to mention this? One? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lot of people who are like. I'd not heard of this wine before. I love Burgundy. This is not something I've heard of before. And I've been looking for a case of Burgundy from 01 in the $25,000 range. Oh boy. Uh, sold for $25,800. We had a 92. Yeah. Speaking of 92s, here's another 92. It, like always strikes me as an off vintage in, in France for the most part. Yeah, 92 Romani Conti, Romani Conti got a couple bids hammered at what 9645. Is that right? 9645. Yeah. With two bids. So seeing a little bit of competition on Romani Conti. 2020 screaming eel Yeah, another <laughs> three pack of 2020, like in the auction. 7700, not bad. Did I think you, it went for more though the week before. Which you, not you too went for more, right? Didn't it? Yeah, it went for over eight, I think, in the week prior. 
Uh, I don't it, know if it had competitors last week or not because there was... 8060 actually there were one two three four lots that went for 8060 it's a week prior though not last week right sorry not this last week but the week right prior. but you've tasted the 2020 screaming eagle right no oh I, I thought you tasted okay we got a 1990 Chateau Mouton Rothschild five liter which you know, two bids took that from 385, sorry, 3895 to 4095. Yeah. Um, yeah. You met, and you mentioned that last week, didn't you? I think you did. Uh, I might have. It sounds I think like you did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It, 90 Mouton is controversial. It's like, well, I'll just say that. <laughs> it's a great bottle. Let's just say that. Yeah. So you've had the 90 Mouton. Yeah, I've had it. And like, it's, I would say there are other 90, even second growth 1990 wines that are, that are better, but 90 Margot, well, that's first growth, but anyway, let's keep going. It'll take us forever to finish this. Otherwise. I'll only mention like a couple of others, 16 Petrus hammered at 3,085. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, our perennial favorite, uh, Screaming Eagle Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> hammered at the bargain basement price of 3,000. Yeah, for the same price, you could got a three pack of 19 Harlan for the price of one bottle of Screaming Eagle Sauvignon Blanc. Three pack Harlan went for three thousand, also, which or, is or a bottle of uh, 17 uh, Domaine Romani Conti Richebourg. Yeah, that's true. Uh, interesting trio of lots there at hammering at three thousand. Or you could have gotten a three mags of uh, Comte de Vogue uh, Musini. It's actually Vogue. Because, but we don't, you know, we don't need to get into the, the technicalities there. So, Vogue. <laughs> Are you Vogue? <laughs> From now on, whenever we talk about Vogue, you have to do that. Oh boy. <laughs> Anytime we say that, say that. Anything else you want to bring up that uh, hammered for a bit? No, I think those were the, the highlights. There's some 19 Ponce, Claude La Roche. It looks like at what, five? Well, they all hammered at 540, I think. Which isn't uh, isn't too bad. Oh, for Rousseau Chambertin at twenty six sixty. Yeah, and that actually that O one Celex the Dagono. Speaking of Dagono, there were eight bottles. It looks like multiple bids. All of them sold at. Actually, I got to take a look at that. It looks kind of complicated. I can't really do that math in my head. But anyway, eight bottles of that O one. Dagono Celex, and let me just look at the bidding activity just to confirm. Yeah, so they all sort of went at different prices, but it looks like ultimately three thirty and three forty five for for all eight bottles, which is pretty 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 amazing because mm -hmm. that's I think what what it started at two thirty five, so that's that's quite an increase. It looks like everybody everybody bidding on it was willing to, to, keep, to keep pushing it up. So that pretty much is it. And then 95 Renan Angel Grand Desigeau, I think we may have mentioned that. I got a couple bids that uh, hammered at 2480. 95 Dujac Bunmar, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that as well. There were two of those, both sold for 1220. So yeah, some really serious stuff in last week. And again, more stuff in wood that you know we don't often see as well. So that was great. <laughs> ton of stuff in wood and with that ladies and gentlemen that concludes our auction recap this has been paul walker and jeff mcgurn wishing you happy bidding and cheers cheers, cheers.